2: I'm Van Jones, and this is Uncommon Ground. Welcome back to Uncommon Ground. This is a show where we're exploring what it takes to make meaningful change in a country that is as divided as our country has become. Uh, I'm Van Jones. Now, look, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, you are probably frustrated <laughs> with the mainstream media Uh, It's okay. I get it. I'm a part of the mainstream media. I've been at CNN for about 10 years. Proud of the work I've been doing there. Um, But I know uh, that cable news, uh, CNN, the mainstream, we aren't reaching everybody. And we're not resonating with everybody. And we may not be reaching you. And the reality is that on TV, uh, we talk a certain way. We kind of address ourselves to a certain perceived audience and that leaves a lot of people out. It often just doesn't resonate with everybody. And I decided I wanted to talk to somebody who's doing something about it in a very big way. Uh, her name is A.B. Burns Tucker. If you heard of her, you probably know her by her username on TikTok. I am legally hype. <laughs> That's her name on TikTok. I am legally hype. Uh, she's a law student, and she's created this incredible outlet for herself. By going on TikTok and code switching and explaining the news in Ebonics, or what they call African-American vernacular, English, A-A-V-E. She talks black. <laughs> she goes on TikTok and she explains the news talking black. Uh, and it's a, she's become a phenomenon. What does that sound like? Okay, well, here's an example. Here's how she explains what's going on with no-knock warrants in Minnesota.
3: Big homie supposed to look at the play, go through the play, make sure it's legit, ask you a few questions, cause you don't want to make the block hot if you make the wrong move, right? So after he go through it, he supposed to sign off and send the homies on their way. But this is what happened. The little homies and mini, they like to get out if they think they slick, right? So they go to the big homie house at 10 o'clock at night. They know the big homie bedtime, 8 p.m., he didn't already ate his oatmeal and watch his soap up for the night. He then sleep this over with. So when a big homie go through the play, he don't really peek, you know, the whole thing, right? So he sign off on the play. Play say they can go up in the spot without knocking,
2: right? Boom. Now, look, uh, that may not be your cup of tea. You might need a translator for the translation. But she is getting a massive amount of attention. And TikTok is becoming increasingly important for this new generation that's coming up. When I first got on CNN, Twitter wasn't really that big of a deal. It's become huge. Uh, YouTube is huge. But for the new generation, it's all about TikTok. And if we are not reaching people where they are, if we kind of stand on one side of this kind of, you know, elite college divide, a lot of people are either going to be left out or possibly misinformed by other people. So I wanted to have a conversation with someone who certainly could do it the way I do it. Uh, she, you know, she's a law student. I was, used to be a law student. But she's chosen to do it differently. And she reminds me of something my dad told me. Uh, my dad said, there are only two kind of smart people in this world. Uh, There are smart people who take very simple things and make them sound very complicated to try to impress everybody. And there are smart people who take very complicated things and make them sound very simple to empower everybody. That is the kind of smart person that A.B. is. And I want you to hear from her after this break. The third-generation Range Rover Sport redefines sporting luxury and is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable model yet. Combining assertive on-road performance with signature refinement, Range Rover Sport communicates power and agility. Dynamic by design, it delivers an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure while the purposeful cockpit-like driving position of Range Rover Sport sets the tone for a focused interior that promotes exhilarating driver engagement. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. Well, I, I am very, very excited to get a chance to meet you and talk with you. Uh, you are a, an original voice on the American scene. And um, I, I, I consider myself to be a good communicator. I, I think I'm good. at commu- And then here you come. <laughs> uh, please talk about uh, why you decided to use your code switching ability uh, to bring news in a completely different way, in a completely different forum, TikTok, Completely different vernacular. What? Why are you doing this? Because it's so amazing. <laughs> it's so amazing.
3: Oh my gosh! Thank you. Um, the reason I'm doing it is just because I feel like there's so much information out there that is not being received by people in our community, Black people. Mm. I feel like, especially with politics, a lot of my friends that I talk to, they're like, "Oh, I don't care. Like, I don't want to hear it. Or that doesn't have nothing to do with me. Whatever." And it's like, actually, it does, right? It affects us a lot. And so I would always ask my friends, like, oh, did you see what happened, you know, in the news the other day? And they'd be like, girl, no, I was watching Love and Hip Hop or whatever, right? (laughs) And so I would, like, break it down to them the way I do on social media. And they would be like, no, I didn't know that happened. And, you know, so when I started doing it on social media, it was, I didn't think it was going to be that big. I just kind of did it like, oh, I'm going to just explain it as if I was talking to my friends. And apparently... That's what
2: people wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I think that what you're doing, you know, is revolutionary because, first of all, TikTok, people don't think about TikTok as being, you know, political. They think about, you know, people dancing on TikTok or whatever. They think about Twitter as being the political format. And yet you brought politics to TikTok. And that's where all the young people are. Mm -hmm. And so you're shaping a whole generation's expectation about how news is supposed to be delivered because, (laughs) you know, you're talking the way that that young people talk. Um, You know, uh, when you first started doing it, I mean, you first when you first posted and you started seeing the reaction, uh, what went through your mind? Because, I mean, you're you're, you're just a law student. You're not, you're, you're not a a TV host. You're not a celebrity. You're not Beyonce. You're just a regular law student. And all of a sudden, literally millions of people are listening to your take on things. What was it like the first time you realized you were onto something?
3: The first time it was extremely shocking. So when I made the first video, I posted it and then I had to go to work. So I didn't even know what was (laughs) happening. Right. And my phone kept blowing up. Like people were calling me and texting me and they're like, did you like, did you see what's happening? Like, Charlemagne the God just reposted you. And all these people were like reposting me. I'm like, what? I go and check my phone and it's just like blowing up. And honestly, it made me proud because it's like, you know, people were starting to ask me questions about politics, right? People were starting to send me articles and like, can you explain this to me and what's going on with this? And, you know, and that stuff. So it made me proud because it was like, okay, now people are going to listen to what's going on. Like maybe now we can make some change in our community. Maybe now we can get people interested in voting or hmm. running for office, whatever. So yeah, but I was shocked. Hmm. Definitely shocked.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the key skills in being able to bridge differences is being able to code switch. And people act like that's really bizarre. People assume that the, the version of you that I'm talking to you right now at work or I'm talking to you right now at the gym is the only version of you. Can you talk about what it means to actually be a multiplicity of, of voices, a multiplicity of perspectives, uh, especially as a woman of color in a majority you know, white male-dominated country?
3: So to be able to code switch is definitely a skill set, right? Um, and it's something that I've just learned to do naturally because I've always been... Like the only black girl, right, or one of the uh-huh. few black people somewhere, and so you just learn how to blend in, right, in the area that you're in, in the space that you're in, and so it can be difficult sometimes because sometimes you know people say stuff to you, and you want to give them that <laughs> that at home throat, you know, <laughs> like you want to you want to use that voice, you know, um, right but you have to use another face. But I think that's what makes black people and black women in particular so amazing and so unique because we can blend in in any, mm-hmm. in any crowd, right? And we can, um, I can be ghetto and I can speak Ebonics, but if I'm in a room with people where I need to use the proper vernacular um, and proper English as they say, then I can do that as well. And I think that's what makes me a valuable human being. Because we need that. We need people who can communicate with both sides, right? We need people who can translate the message. Like, you think about if you're speaking to someone who speaks French, right? If you're talking to me in French, I don't speak French. So, what you have to say to me is irrelevant because I don't understand you. So, I think being able to code switch is almost like being a translator as well, because if my friends don't speak CNN, <laughs> they only speak this, the shade room, right? Then I need All to right. translate it to shade room so that they get the message because that's what they're going to pay attention to. Well,
2: it's, it's, it is amazing. You know, the, the shade room, if anybody doesn't know what that is, that is, that is, that is as black a space as you can find. <laughs> and it's a different conversation even about the same topics. You are a law student. You are somebody who obviously takes this stuff very seriously. You, know, you can't translate something without understanding it even better. The translator has to understand it from this side and that side and be able to make the link. So it's not just twice as hard. It's exponentially harder to be a translator. Mm-hmm. I think part of the reason you may take politics so seriously is because of things that have happened in your own family, and your own background. Talk a little bit about why you decided to go to law school and why you think it's so important for people in our community and all communities to be engaged in politics.
3: So I decided to go to law school because my younger brother was wrongfully convicted when he was 15 years old um, of murder, and he was sentenced to 50 years to life in prison. And I remember, sorry, mm. um, I remember going to trial. Like I would travel from San Francisco to San Bernardino to be at trial every week, and I watched the trial. And once we got the verdict, I was like, "Well, how did that happen?" You know. Mm. I didn't really understand exactly how the law worked then. And it upset me because I'm fairly smart, right? So I was like, how were you able to pull the wool over my eyes like that, over my family's eyes like that, and, and do this to a person? Like, never get on my watch. And so from there, I made the journey, you know, to law school. And so when I got to law school was when I realized how complex the law actually is. When I realized all the loopholes... In the law when i realized the language of the law is not how we think you know the way it's applied is not the way we would think it's applied and so that's what made me realize like people need to understand how this is working because so many of us in my community are being wrongfully convicted or you know being railroaded in the justice system and we don't know why and a lot of times it's taboo to speak about a lot of families don't really want to speak about you know That type of situation because they're embarrassed, you know, or they think that people are going to feel like, oh, well, you know, you have a messed up family. And the reality is like, no, we just don't know. We don't understand the law. We don't understand how it works. We trust lawyers. We don't know anything about them and they don't know anything about us. They don't even come from the same community as us. But you expect them to be able to tell your story in a compelling way to 12 people, 12 to 14 people they don't know and you don't know and don't know you. And they've never spent the day in your shoes. It's it's not realistic. So me going to law school was like, the defendant always looks like me, but the lawyer never does. Wow. And I don't like it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Plain and simple.
3: Yeah. So now I'm like, I'm going to look like my defendant, Some right? Like some of my defendants. They're going to see a familiar face. And when we have to communicate about your case, I'm going to be able to communicate with you in an effective way where you understand what i'm trying to tell you and what we need to prove mm-hmm. and i think that will make all the difference
2: it's moving to hear your you know just your passion uh you know i have a law degree and i'm on tv trying to communicate uh, you're getting a law degree you're on tiktok trying to communicate but i think we're trying to communicate the same thing mm-hmm. <laughs> that you know things aren't fair and We just have to pretend and assume that everything is is working how it's supposed to be working at the Hall of Justice. It's really not. Mm -hmm. And um, I think one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast is because I'm hoping that the people who are part of this Uncommon Ground community will be inspired by you to figure out, you know, if you know something, uh, you have a responsibility to share that knowledge with people. Mm -hmm. And not just the people who went to the same college as you, have the same income as you, but there's a whole world of people out there that really just don't know. And, um, you yeah, you decided to, to take it to a, a completely different level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I notice. I mean, uh, you're talking to me in CNN <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should be I insulted. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should feel, feel some type of a way. No, nah, no, nah, uh, I got you. Don't even trip.
3: Don't even trip. You're going to get a little bit of both. I got you. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> um, well, so what I, I wanted to do was to just, like, I want to just throw some topics at, at you okay. and, you know, and then talk to me in CNN about it. Okay. And then talk to me how you would talk shade room about it, okay. you know what I mean? <laughs> just to give people a sense that, you know, all right. So, um, for instance, right now, the midterms are coming up. okay, And um, it looks like the Democrats are going to have a hard time. So just, you know, in CNN speak, you know, just... Uh, what's the situation that you think the Democrats are in right now as we approach the midterms?
3: Okay, so the Democrats are not in the greatest place right now when it comes to the midterms, because a lot of people have lost faith in the party. They don't feel like the party is strong enough. I know that black people in particular feel like there were a lot of promises made, you know, during campaign season and things were not being fulfilled. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, student loan debt was a big one for a lot of the younger people who came out and voted for certain politicians. And those type of issues are not being addressed in the way that they were promised to us in the beginning. And so right now, I think that the Democrats are definitely going to struggle this election unless they can pull a miracle and and pull a switch really quickly um, and start actually fulfilling their promises to the voters who actually tip them over to the top that they need to get into and get, to get into office.
2: So that's so we just talked about at CNN. Now, if you were trying to communicate that same message either to, for, or about mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, folks who do not watch CNN, how would you approach that same topic?
3: Okay, so boom peep game. Um, the Democrats got us messed up right now. Okay, they not doing what they said they was finna do. Um, they out here running them up, blaming everybody for their they stuff. And truth be told, <clears throat> you know, you told us you was going to help us out, and you're not helping us out. So now folks got a problem with you, B, and the rest of y'all and the Democrats. So we might turn up to the Republican side, mess with the other folks, because at least when they say they're going to do something, they're going to do what they said they was going to do. So at least we know what's coming. Folks over here, well, know what's going to pop off. So, you know, we might always want to take our chances with the devil we know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, look, I, I, I understand both very well. <laughs> I understand both very well. Um, but, you know, what? I well, here's what I am wrestling with. When you put it forward in, you know, a more authentic way, I, I think, honestly, a multiple more people would understand. I, I don't mean, like, a few more people would understand. I mean, literally millions more people <laughs> would understand. And yet... I think you would be hesitant to come on CNN and talk that way. I right? would not.
3: I would do it. No, I would do oh, it.
2: Oh no, you would do it. Okay. I would. Okay. Yes. <laughs>
3: for sure, for sure. What? Let CNN okay. call me. I'm coming up. there. Yep. They gonna get go, the oh, Okay, so boom, legally hype. Yes, I said what I said. Because <laughs> that's my. Because look, peep game. That's my time to shine. If I get a, if I get to be on CNN and I get to say my message, I know who I'm talking to. So I'm gonna speak to who I'm talking to. I think now I may be more comfortable too doing it since now I see that people have received it well. But trust and believe, yes, I will.
2: Well, uh, look, I, I think it's important because as we're trying to figure out how, how to have a country where all these different people can get along and can talk and, and, and can communicate, and frankly, so we stop wasting so much genius mm-hmm. and stop wasting so much perspective. It, it, in my age, and my generation, I really, really felt and I still feel that if I can't speak that King's English and I have to be able to do that, otherwise I will never get that platform. Mm -hmm. And so what's interesting with you, you know, TikTok, you might wind up having a platform bigger than CNN. I mean, because TikTok is growing so fast and because what you're doing is so so popular. What would you say to people um, based on what your experience has been in the mainstream media? What is being missed? What is America losing out on by not having the conversation include more authentic voices like the one that you can sometimes generate?
3: I think we're missing out on expansion, right? I think that we are missing out, like you said, on genius and great ideas. I think that it could work if we also had individuals like myself who can speak Ebonics or now it's you know AAVE. If they did that on major platforms because then it would be more inclusive, right? And then you have more ideas and how to implement more ideas. Again, people can't get involved with what's going on in politics and the world and stuff today if they don't understand. And then you only get one perspective, right? So you have, you know, we have these major caucuses and stuff for black people where they come and, you know, speak on our behalf, but the last when the last time you came and talked to us in the hood for real. You know what I mean? You still you still giving the same message from the 60s and 70s and granted we still have the same issues, right? Mm-hmm. But there's better ways to handle them. And I think you have a bolder generation now that you can tap into, right? Younger people, they ready to go toe to toe with whoever on an idea that they feel passionate about. And a lot of the ideas um, and suggestions that younger people, the younger generations have are, are great and they could help us be the America that we claim to be. So I think by not having people who can speak on that level, On major platforms, this is where you miss out on really getting people from communities of color, Mm -hmm. lower income communities, right, to really participate in American democracy, right, and what we have going on. Because, again, you're not talking to me. You're talking above me. You're talking to the person next to me who understands what you're saying. You're You're not speaking to me. And so I don't feel included.
1: Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery.
0: On the Nintendo Switch system, there's so many worlds you can explore.
3: Like Hyrule, where I can fight enemies and save the kingdom with Link.
0: <laughs> that sounds adventurous.
1: Or my very own island in Animal Crossing New Horizons, where I can fish whenever I want.
0: Size of that thing! You can find even more worlds to explore on the Nintendo Switch system. Games rated E to E10. plus. Games and systems sold separately. You
2: know, one of the things that's so interesting is that things are kind of coming full circle. There was a time when, you know, to be able to go on a CNN or to be able to go on any of these big platforms, you had to have a lot of information. And that information was very hard to get. I'm talking now before social media and you Google anything or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those of us in the media, we were very specialized. I mean, we were the people who were going interviewing people. We were going you near know, the li- physical libraries, going back through stuff, doing research, et cetera. And so it matched like the expertise that you had to have and, and the time that you had to have was really more that college educated crowd. Now everybody's got the information. I mean, it's not like you have to have, you know, three PhDs and access to, you know, LexisNexis and and law libraries to get the information. Everybody has the information, which means that everybody should have a chance to speak on it. That said, you know, to the extent that now a lot of people are getting all their information from social media. Is that good? In other words, I mean, you are not getting all your information from social media. Mm -hmm. You're getting information from lots of sources, Mm -hmm. but there may be people for whom you are their only source. How do you what is the downside of having social media being the the main or only source of information for a whole new generation?
3: I think the downside in that is that it's hard to fact check when everything comes from social media. Right. So when you think about like you're speaking about going to the library and having access to LexisNexis and things like that, because we can cross reference and we can fact check. And it leads you to other things, to under, understand other things, right? When you get your, your news from the internet, unfortunately, you have people out there who their goal is just to go viral. They may get their information from a few snippets of information, right? They don't actually do the, the research or understand the information that they're sharing to other people. So I think that's the downside, um, mm-hmm. is it's harder to cross-reference, like, where'd you get your sources from? At the same time, too, it's also easier to miscommunicate certain ideas as well.
2: When I look at the stuff that you're doing, my hope is that it will inspire people to then start Googling different terms and start looking for more information because you do make it accessible. You do make it more interesting. My fear is that people will stop with TikTok. But my hope is that you know you'll be like the gateway drug you know you'll be like you're creating some digital breadcrumbs for people to go and, and find more information. Um, let's just take another another topic. I mean, I think the thing that really put you on the map for me was when you were talking about Ukraine at a time when people were really confused. I didn't say confused, <laughs> I say confused it <laughs> about what was going on. And and we'll and we'll play a little bit of, of what you said.
3: Big Bang P was looking at Ukraine and he like, mm, I like that territory, it's like real close to Russia and I feel like it belongs to us, so I'm finna come get it. So he then moved his military close to the border and he letting them know, like, I'm finna come get it, like, just letting y'all know, right? And so Ukraine is like, mm, we don't know what he's gonna do. So they got their military out there teaching their citizens how to do Tybo just in case they gotta defend themselves.
2: All right, now, what I thought was interesting about your approach was that most of the mainstream media, it wasn't just that you were talking about it differently, your perspective on it was different. Most of the mainstream media at that time was really coming at it more from the Ukrainian point of view or from Zelensky's point of view. And yet you decided to kind of come at it from Putin's point of view. Talk about that, that, that. So that was a very different, you know, twist and take.
3: So when I did that, it was more so to kind of set the foundation of what's actually happening and where we could end up and why we might end up where we are. I mean, you went to law school, so you understand like, it depends, there's two sides, right? And whoever can tell the best story, that's the side that's gonna win. And so, again, when you have only one side of the story, right, it just looked like, well, why are they being invaded? Like, what happened? You know? And so my thing was like, no, 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 he running up over there and he running up over there because he feel like he own that space and he want it. And he don't appreciate how everybody in, in NATO is looking up on him. He don't like it. So he finna to come get it. Right. And so I think that kind of set the premise of, oh, that's why they're about to have a conflict. Okay, it's not just, you know, all of a sudden we're just having Mm -hmm. a war. No, he feel like that space belonged to him and he won't.
2: Yeah. I think the freedom that you feel to just call it like you see it, to really try to explain. It's almost like if you're at the barbershop, the nail salon, the community center, the laundromat, (laughs) trying to break this down for people and being able to kind of really embody emotionally Mm -hmm. where that person might be coming from. That's also different because we try to be very emotionless. Mm -hmm. You know, I get emotional more than most people on TV. But in general, we're just trying to, you know, just the facts, ma'am, just give the news, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Whereas you're trying to not just convey the facts, but convey the feelings. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a different and TikTok kind of helps you do that. How important is that to you to convey the feelings that might be motivating stuff as well as the facts?
3: I think it's important because as human beings, we understand feelings probably a lot more than we understand language, right? Even if you and I don't speak the same language, I can understand how you feel and why you feel a certain way, right? Even if we don't necessarily agree, I can understand, oh, that's why you have that perspective on that, right? Based on your feelings. So I think that by doing that, you connect with people more. And that's kind of the the disconnect in, in a lot of a lot of spaces now is that there is not that actual connection with people. People are not feeling what you're talking about. So when you film, you're, you're drawn in, like, oh, what? Okay. You know, it's so many <laughs> times in my comments where like people would be like, the whole time I was shaking my head and saying, yeah, you know, like you were actually here <laughs> because you're paying attention, you're drawn in. So I think that's why that's important.
2: Yeah. So look, you know, a lot of people love what you're doing. I also know that nobody can get attention without getting attacks as well. And I just want to talk about that, that side of it, too. What has been some of the pushback? I know some people feel like, hold on a second, you're, you know, so well put together. You, you know, can speak white English, for lack of a better term. You go, you're in law school. Uh, all this other ebonic stuff you're doing, that's just some fake old stuff. Like, how, how do you receive some of those criticisms and, what, and what, what do you say about them?
3: It don't have nothing to do with me because that's besides the point of what I'm really trying to do. You know, like you can feel how you want to feel about me as a person, but is my information accurate? Did you learn anything? I mean, like you said, you're going to get pushback for anything, but that's just not the space that I choose to give my energy to. Right now, I think that I'm doing something great. Um, I don't even think I realize how amazing, you know, (laughs) of a job I'm doing, right? Not to toot my own horn, but just from the way people are receiving it. So for me, I'm more focused on the goal at hand, which is to give people information, to get people in my community more involved. I want more little girls from the hood, little boys from the hood to go to law school, because you can, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to be, I want to represent as much as I can. So you can feel however you want to feel about me co-switching, <laughs> that's between you and God I ain't got nothing to do with me.
2: Mm-hmm. I love that, I love that. You know, That's something I think a lot of folks Need to hear more of because I mean there's a couple of things one is you know we all go through that any 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 African American who's professional, there is that professional mofessional mm-hmm. <laughs> lingo that you need to be able to show up with and then there's the sense, well, hold on a second are you are you leaving us behind? Do you think you're better than somebody mm-hmm. blah blah blah, are you talking white, please you know talking white that's all whole there should be a whole book, <laughs> a whole yes. you know trilogy <laughs> oh gosh, about yes. you talking white. <laughs> And yet we live in a country where there are different groups. We have to, we have to interact with more than, than just African-Americans. You know, for me, I've often felt disconnected, you know, from our communities at different times in my in my journey. You know, when you walk into that city council meeting or when you walk into that school board meeting or you walk into that courtroom, you sound different at the microphone than that grandmother does. Mm-hmm. You sound different at the microphone than the young people you're organizing with. Mm-hmm. And that can be a real benefit to a community cause, mm-hmm. but it also can be a real point of separation where it, it you you recognize like, yeah, I have taken some steps away from you know where my family came from. You know, it can become a point, point of real distress. And then off on top of it, you feel like people are calling you names. It's hard to have the strength that you have. Where does that strength that you have and what you're doing come from?
3: I mean, when my brother first went to prison, you know, there were so many things that people said, you know, without Mm -hmm. even knowing the case, without knowing what happened. And I had to be strong through that. You know, I have fought Mm -hmm. this journey for him for over 15 years. And so I think that's just where the strength comes from, is that it's about more than me at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And you just have to know your audience. That's what it comes down to. And I think about the fact that, like, at the end of the day, my brother needs me. I don't have the luxury of really caring how somebody else feel about how I get down as long as I make sure that at the end of the day, the mission is getting handled. That's all that matters yeah. to me.
2: I'm always trying to figure out ways to reach across, you know, the aisle politically, racially, economically, whatever it is. You know, the people who I, I care about need more friends and fewer enemies. Mm-hmm. I care about people who don't have that much. And so... I wonder how you think about that from your generation. You are a part of that Black Lives Matter generation. You are trying to make sure that African Americans are informed and empowered. How do you think about the reach out? How do you think about, you know, trying to, you know, connect with people on the other side of the street?
3: I think that it just comes down to communication and listening to people. So I have friends on both sides of the aisle, right? I'm in law school. So, you know, there's a very conservative crowd here as well as there's a very liberal crowd here. I have learned so many things from my conservative friends And it made me even go seek more information, right? So that I can be more informed and kind of understand what's going on. So I think with that, it's really just come down to talking to people and listening to people and meeting them where they're at. I think a lot of times what we're seeing right now, everybody is talking at each other. You know, everybody wants to be bigger and better, and my idea is the best. When we're in reality, like we all want the same thing. Let's just figure out how to get it. Like, and let's get it together. All this back and forth is too much. (laughs)
2: I think when people are authentically who they are, you know, and you're authentically a a sister whose brother is in trouble, you're authentically somebody who decided to do something about it, and you have a a talent and a genius for being able to explain stuff. And in a complicated, confusing world, being able to be the explainer in chief, that's not just gonna be good for black folks, that could be good for a whole lot of folks. And I really, really appreciate getting a chance to talk to you early. I like talking to people when they're early. (laughs) get it on the ground floor. (laughs) We got your phone number now. (laughs) So so when you have a a big show on Netflix or whatever, I can say, I knew you win. And I might be able to text you and tell you congratulations for your Emmy. Who knows what's going to happen with you? And also, you know, when when your brother comes home, um, that's going to be a big moment in your life. I just think I'm really happy to be able to use my platform to show my Uncommon Ground community. There's a whole lot of stuff out there happening that you don't even know about. And one of them is you. Give people your social media handles and all that stuff. They can be in contact with you.
3: Definitely. And thank you so much for having me. My social media handles are I am legally hype. You can find me on (laughs) YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. I'm everywhere. I'm I'm, I'm all over. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: yes, Yes, you are. So listen, um, it means a lot to have you here. I'm sure we're going to have you back. I'm looking forward to watching all the stuff that you do. Thank you. A.B. Burns Tucker. Yes. If you never heard of her before, you heard of her on Uncommon Ground. Yeah. You're going to hear a lot more from her.
3: Thank I you. I appreciate you, sister. Thank you so much.
2: We see the beauty of hope. That spirit is so
0: beautiful. Those who become American citizens love this country even more. And that's why the Statue of Liberty lifts her lamp, to welcome them to the Golden Door.
2: I love A.B. She makes me feel very old. (laughs) She makes me feel like there's a whole new wave coming. They're going to do news the way they want to. They're going to express themselves how they want to. And they're going to do it, you know, on the formats that they feel comfortable with. I think people are missing out on TikTok. I think, you know, my generation, I was born in 68. So you guys can do the math on that. We are looking at Twitter still. TikTok is massively bigger than Twitter already and growing exponentially. And I think that is in the same way that Twitter completely changed politics uh, with Donald Trump and others, I think you're going to have these TikTok folks completely change politics in a a different way. And what I love about someone like AB, she wasn't trying to get famous. She was just trying to be heard. (laughs) And, you know, she's got a calling. And I hope, hope she inspires you because we all have a lot more to say than I think we're letting out. And we all have, there's a part of ourselves that we only unlock when we feel comfortable, we only unlock around certain people. I'm that way. But maybe we start, need to start getting you know more comfortable with more people because maybe that's where some real truth can come out and some real answers can come from and some real understanding. I think her emotional intelligence and being able to explain the feelings behind what's going on in, in American life and on the global stage is something that's really, really missing. And I, I'm pretty good at this. I'm telling you, you're going to hear from A.B. for a very, very long time. And I hope to have her back soon on Uncommon Ground. This is Van Jones. Uncommon Ground with Van Jones is an Amazon original production. It's produced by Magic Labs Media and Wonder Media Network. Our producers are Teddy Alexander, Maisha Dyson, Grace Lynch, Taylor Williamson, Adesua Agbonile, and Lindsay Credowell. Our managing producers are Laura D. and Eliza Mills. Our executive producers are Jenny Kaplan and Morgan Jones. Our theme music was composed by The Grand Mess. Publicity for the show is led by Alice Zoe, Andy Lichtenfeld, Didier Moraes, Chantel Muentes, and Sam Petherbridge. Special thanks to Jana Carter, Alex John Burns, Kevin McDonald, Drew Swinderman, Brianna Jones, Eric Carter, Trevor McNeil, Carrie McCarran, Joe McMillan, Steph Walkeen. Vanessa Redbert, Ty Jacobson, Marshall Louie, and Chris Jacobin.
0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Uncommon Ground with Van Jones ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today, or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus and Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com/survey.